in psychology, this is actually called the cognitive triad. So it's this basic idea of your thoughts leading to your feelings and then your feelings leading to your actions and then the process repeating itself. So literally everything comes back down to your thoughts. Welcome to You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. You are ambitious in life and in your career, but something is missing. You want to bring more of your passion to what you do, because let's be honest, you pour a ton into your work and it needs to mean more. I'm your host, Laura Eigel. I'm a mom, wife, PhD, coach, advocate, introvert, and indoor rowing fanatic. I'm passionate about living a life that's in line with my values. We'll give you the actionable tips and tools you need to lead with your values, make a difference, and have career success. The world needs more diversity and authenticity in the top jobs at organizations. Your leadership belongs there. You belong in the C-suite. There's a growing theme among the leaders that I coach, overwork and overwhelm. If you know me well, you know that I don't believe in work-life balance. Instead, I believe in setting priorities and building boundaries aligned to your values. I'm not talking about a self-help quick fix here. A bubble bath and a glass of wine aren't going to solve your problems. I'm talking about truly prioritizing what matters most to you. Let me teach you how to build a boundary and more importantly, how to keep it. Join us in my on-demand Build a Boundary with Me workshop. In 45 minutes, I'll teach you how to build a boundary that will help prioritize you. You'll learn how to set up a system that will enable you to keep that boundary, especially on the hard days. You'll learn the secret to actually keeping your boundary, especially when you're pulled into 10,000 different directions. And you'll get the clarity of knowing what to say yes and no to and the peace of mind of knowing you made the right decision. If you're ready to prioritize what matters most to you, let go of others' expectations and keep your boundaries, sign up for our on-demand Build a Boundary with Me workshop. Go to thecatchgroup.com slash boundary workshop. That's thecatchgroup.com slash boundary workshop to get instant access to the Build a Boundary with Me workshop and take that first step to build the life and career you want. When you sign up, you'll also get invited to a live group coaching session at the end of the month. Can't wait to see you there. Welcome to this week's episode of the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. I'm really excited about today's topic and especially about our guest, Dr. Shelley Bomick. She's the founder of Platform Wellness, a wellness practice dedicated to helping women with burnout. Dr. Bomick is a double board certified physician specializing in preventative medicine and lifestyle medicine. She earned her medical degree from the George Washington School of Medicine and Health Sciences and completed her master's in public health and preventative medicine residency at the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. She was a design thinking strategist at Cedars Sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles and served as a medical director of digital health for an executive health firm in New York City. In my discussion with Dr. Bomick, we talked about her personal experiences at a pivotal point of burnout. 
She courageously tells her story to normalize the important topics of burnout, mental health, and well-being. We talked about the power of mindset as the best medicine for burnout. She walked through her rest framework that she uses with patients and clients to meet them where they are in their wellness journeys to build lifelong habits for wellness. We also talked about the tangible steps that you can take as a leader or as an individual to support others. Let's get started. Well, I want to welcome you to the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for this conversation. Yeah, well, if you don't mind, can you start off by telling us your story? Yeah, yeah, happy to. I'm a preventive and lifestyle medicine physician based in New York City, and I work with women, and particularly women of color, to help them with burnout. And the reason why I do this work is because of my own personal experience with stress and burnout and mental health issues in general, something that I've had to deal with on and off throughout the years, um, pretty much after my mom passed away from cancer when I was in college. That's kind of when it really started for me. But the beginning of 2020, just before COVID really picked up in the U.S., I was in a pretty bad place. And the, the scary part was that I didn't realize it. And, you know, literally, I didn't realize it until one Friday evening rush hour, just standing at the edge of the subway platform, asking myself if I should push myself over the edge. That moment for me was so pivotal. You know, I had never experienced anything like that before. And so it was really scary. And I am one of those folks who was so thankful to go into lockdown right after that, or at the you know beginning part of the pandemic, because I literally needed that time and space in order to heal. And so it was during that whole period of recovery that I came to understand just how powerful mindset is when it comes to your health and your well-being. And just, I like to say that mindset is medicine because it's truly what helped me to overcome everything that I was dealing with. And again, it was such a powerful lesson that I knew I wanted to pass that on to other folks, to other you know, people of color, to other women, and uh, help them with their holistic health and well-being. And so that was the reason for wanting to kind of branch out, start my own practice and work on this issue in particular. Shelly, thank you so much for sharing your experience with us. I think it's something that we're not talking about enough of, and I just thank you for um, having the courage to share it and um, to do what you're doing to pivot to then to be there as a resource to coach women, especially women of color through burnout. Do you feel that we've kind of shifted a little bit of the narrative? Um, I feel like there's been a lot more kind of this idea of talking about mental health. It's a, it's a little bit easier to bring it up. We it still feels like we have a long way to go. How do you, how do you feel like we are in that space? Have we come far enough? Are we still moving towards that? Especially when it comes to work and women and women of color. And I think we are taking baby steps forward. And it's understandable too, because this is such a difficult topic, you know, on a personal level, on a organizational level, on a societal level. And, you know, you, you've got to learn how to walk before you run. It's going to take some time to really, to really know how to address this issue, especially in, you know, in the workplace in that setting. I was also scared to come out and tell my story outright, but then I realized, okay, if I'm a physician and I feel this way, then, 
you know, who knows how many other women that are out there who are too afraid to, you know, to come forth and, and say that, hey, you know, I'm having trouble. I need, you know, I need support. So yeah, I feel like the more we, we talk about it, the more we normalize the topic and the conversation, the easier it's going to be for, you know, for other folks to get the help that they need. But yeah, it's gonna take it's gonna take some time. We're we're headed in the right direction, but there's a lot of work still left to do. Yeah. So you had mentioned in your personal experience that you didn't realize you were to that point until that pivotal moment. Um, so can I ask what was going on in life and how might others relate to that? Do you know until you reach a, your own pivotal moment? Are there other things that are common? signs of burnout. Can you talk more about that? Yeah, yeah. Let me start with the definition of burnout, because I think that that's helpful for people to hear. And a lot of people may not know this, but the World Health Organization in 2019, they recognized burnout as an occupational syndrome. So a syndrome that occurs in this occupational workplace context um, as a result of chronic workplace stress that's not well managed. And in particular, there are three main characteristics for this syndrome. So the first is low energy, so feeling depleted and drained. Uh, the second is feelings of negativism or cynicism related to your work, to the work that you do. And the third is the decreased productivity or efficacy in the work that you're doing. So those are, you know, those are three things to kind of look out for if you feel like you might be dealing with burnout. Again, for me personally, I didn't, I didn't know how bad things were. And, you know, I should say what I was dealing with had gone much farther than burnout. You know, there's, there's a difference between burnout, between depression, between anxiety, you know, these are all separate things. So I wanted to, you know, make that clear. So yeah, so what I was dealing with was had gone well beyond that. But it, it was difficult because in the past, in my prior life experience with mental health issues, there was always some sort of big life event that happened that would be the trigger. And I think this happens for a lot of folks too. So, you know, again, for me initially, it was my mom's passing that kind of led to that first episode. So yeah, it, it like caught me by surprise because there wasn't necessarily anything big that had happened, life-changing. And we can talk about this a little bit more, but I have a I have a specific method or framework that I use with patients and clients to coaching clients to help them through this process. And you know, one of the one of the steps in that framework is to really is to seek support. Is to one is to detect distress, and then the other is to seek support. And you really need both. You really need to be able to understand or realize what's going on, but then also be able to lean on others for support because it's those who are around us that can. That can see things that we can't. We are we are stuck in it, and all we see is you know the smoke and the fumes from the burnout. But it's our it's our loved ones who are around us that can really kind of help us realize what's actually going on, and then from there we can take the steps to move forward. So I love that you've built this framework. Can you share the holistic framework with us? I know you just shared a, a couple of pieces of it. Yeah, yeah. So the framework I use is called REST, and it stands for Revive, Strive, and Thrive. So it, there are three separate parts or phases to the framework, and it's really to help you overcome burnout, to manage stress, and to restore energy. So there are nine steps total that I, you know, that I coach folks through, and I can kind of go over them really briefly if you want, but 
But yeah, the, that first phase, rest, uh, kind of touched on a couple of those steps. They're to detect the distress, to secure the space, and to seek support. So again, being able to identify that, you know, that burnout is what you're dealing with, being able to lean on others, you know, find this, the help that you need. And then the securing space is, you know, you can take that literally or figuratively. You have to give yourself the room to heal. So whether that's physical space, whether that's, you know, time off from work, it, it can look different ways for different folks. And so, so those are the first three steps to that framework. Strive is the next phase. It's about managing the stress and the steps in that part of the framework are to restore routine, to tackle triggers and to master mindset. So really, you know, restoring routine is all about getting back to the basics of self-care, you know, and we're talking about eating nutritious foods, uh, you know, moving your body in a way that makes you feel good, getting enough sleep, um, just really, really basic physical health activities. Tackling triggers and mastering mindset, those are, you know, those steps deal with being able to identify and acknowledge the emotions that you're experiencing. And, and from that, also being able to identify any limiting beliefs that you have, the thoughts that you have that are creating, you know, negative feelings for you that are then kind of leading to this cycle of you taking actions that you don't want to take and then that leading to negative thoughts about yourself. And so it's being able to kind of work with that, you know, try to break that cycle really. And then that last phase, Thrive, it's all about, you know, that's when you get to the good stuff. <laughs> it's all about restoring routine. So in that phase, we want to ease efforts to hone habits and cultivate connections. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just make things easy for yourself, simplify your schedule, simplify your lifestyle. You know, there are different ways to do that. That phase, you know, later on is when is when I start to help people with those healthy habits that they want to try to implement into their lifestyle. And, uh, and then cultivating connections. Again, it's so important to just have really strong relationships with those who are close to us. That's what keeps us healthy, happy, and live longer. So it's, you know, a lot of energy needs to go into that. So I know that was kind of a, a mouthful. But... No, that's, that's so good. And, and, it, and the way that you've described it in your framework, like each of the steps in and of itself, is such a, a big thing to unpack. And mm -hmm. I love how right now I, I think people are, they're thinking if they're burnt out, they just need to take some time off. Right. And it's almost like this quick fix, like let's work, work, work until vacation and until this time or until this thing or until, and then it'll get better and then it'll get better. And then you go on the what four day vacation and you're exhausted, you don't right. get to enjoy any of those connections. And because you're probably checking in on email too, all those things. But what I love about your framework is that it feels like it's a very layered process and you're not just, you're kind of undoing and relearning different things that you've probably been doing for years, right? Right, right. No, especially the, you know, the mindset piece of it. I'll share a little bit more about my story to, to help folks um, understand this piece. But so during my recovery process, one thing that I realized was just how much colorism played a role in terms of fueling my own burnout. For those who might be listening, I've, I'm South Asian, I have dark skin. And in our culture, if you have dark skin, you are considered less than somebody who has fair skin. 
And I know that's true in other cultures as well, but this is something that I absorbed very early on in childhood. And what happened was that I interpreted that to mean that I was not enough, that I would never be enough. And so ever since that point, I, you know, I did anything that I could in order to at least try and be perfect, you know, be the best piano player, be the best student in social studies, whatever it looked like, I would just push myself and push myself. And, you know, literally I pushed myself to that edge of that subway platform. It just, that's how far it had gotten. And so, yeah, to be able to kind of really dig deep down and figure out, okay, why, why am I doing the things that I'm doing? What is, you know, what is the thought that I'm having that is fueling this? In psychology, this is actually called the cognitive triad. So it's this basic idea of your thoughts leading to your feelings and then your feelings leading to your actions and then the process repeating itself. So literally everything comes back down to your thoughts. The things that you are thinking in your in your head, that is impacting everything that you do, all the actions that you take. And so if you can kind of get back to that, you know, to that source, to that basic thought and start to untangle that, that's when the real work can happen. So yeah, it's being able to take a four day vacation is, it's amazing, you know, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll, I'll take any opportunity to do that. But yeah, this is, it takes work. It takes work, it takes time, but you can do it. And I think that's the most empowering part of this. It is absolutely something that you can get a handle on. I had just received another cancellation from a client. An urgent issue had come up in their department. I want to meet my clients where they are. And these things happen. You have to reprioritize. I get it. But the sense I was getting from this client was that everything was feeling reactive. Overwhelm was taking over. This isn't uncommon. Unfortunately, it's a theme that I'm seeing more and more of the overwhelm. What I know is that there are days and seasons of work that are busier than others. And when I utilize my consistent morning routine, I'm able to face those frenetic days with more focus and clarity. This isn't something I've always been good at, but I am now because I learned how to stay consistent and to build and keep my boundaries. I want to teach you how to do it too. Join my on-demand workshop called Build a Boundary with Me. I know you are busy. I know you are overwhelmed. That's why I've made it on demand so that there isn't another thing that you have to put on your calendar. Watch it when it's convenient for you. If you need it right now, it's there for you. If you want to watch it or listen to it on your ride in to the commute to the office, you can do that too. If you're ready to prioritize what matters most to you, let go of others' expectations, and keep your boundaries. Go to thecatchgroup.com slash boundary workshop. That's thecatchgroup.com slash boundary workshop to get instant access to the Build a Boundary with Me workshop. So as, as you work with clients, tell me more about that. What could that look like and how do you work with people? Yeah, yeah. So I work with folks in two main capacities. So one is that I do burnout screenings for folks, for either individuals or for uh, companies as well, being able to 
provide uh, you know, corporate burnout screenings. And so that is being able to literally do the full health check. And also that incorporates coaching as well. Um, for folks who I'm based in New York City, so a lot of those screenings are, are done in the New York City area. But for those who aren't in New York City, I have separate coaching services as well that you know can be done uh, virtually. And I like to use design thinking or life design practices or exercises as part of my coaching. No, we didn't talk about it earlier, but it's uh, design thinking is uh, one of my past lives. <laughs> I was a design strategist. And so I, you know, I just love design. I love that it, it gives people the how. As a physician, I can sit there in clinic with a patient and tell them to eat healthy foods, to exercise more, to sleep more. And, you know, and that's great. And I think we all know, know those things, but it's, it's the how it's, you know, how am I going to do that? How am I going to actually implement these changes into my lifestyle? How do we incorporate them so that they become lifelong habits? And that's where I think design exercises because it can be really helpful because they give, you know, they give you the opportunity to really be creative, to play around, to figure out, okay, what am I, you know, let's, let's experiment here. Let's figure out what is going to be best suited for me. And it takes away the, the failure. You know, nothing, nothing that you try ends up being a, okay, can I do this or am I going to fail? It's all about experimenting and just seeing what works for you. So, so yeah, a lot of, a lot of design exercises as part of my coaching. That sounds so fun. And, and also just very customizable to the person, like you mentioned, like what works for one person may not work for another and not feeling like you have to do one thing or another, but just to be able to have the freedom to try different things seems fun. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's something that I, that I run into quite often because again, as a preventive and lifestyle medicine physician, there are definitely folks who, you know, they want the answer. They want to know, okay, what is the ideal diet that I need to be on? And I can, I can say, I can make recommendations to a certain extent, but at the end of the day, this is your life to live. You know what's going to be good for your body and for your lifestyle. And so I just want to make sure that you are successful in implementing and incorporating those things that are going to work for you. Um, so yeah, it's definitely not one size fits all. Are you finding that when people reach out to you, they have realized like they are at this one extreme or is it more this idea of, I don't want to get to burnout or is it both? I think it's a little bit of both. I, given that we have been dealing with this pandemic, um, there are still folks who are very much in the thick of things. It's just, it has been nonstop for them. And so, you know, really they are trying to come up to the surface, you know, to take a breath. I see that a lot. And, and so, and yeah, and then there are other folks who, who have experienced it in the past and know that they don't ever want to get back to that place again. And so they want to be more preventative or proactive about what they can do to kind of make themselves stronger. And it, it seems as though wherever you kind of are on that journey, there is a place to start. Yes, yes, definitely. And it's, you know, the framework itself, it's, it's broken down into the steps, but they're not necessarily sequential. I was actually just talking to a friend um, before the holidays, I was really stressed out with some with some of my own work. And, you know, and she said to me, Shelly, you know, I think you need to go back to that step about restoring routine. I feel like I feel like you need to just kind of take a breather and, <laughs> you know, work on taking a walk around the block and getting sleep and, 
and it was so true, you know, I had, I had kind of uh, stepped away from it. And so to be reminded of, okay, yeah, let's go back to the basics. Let's just do these very, um, very simple things. It's, it's always, yeah, you're always going back to the different steps. Yeah. And what I like about that, to your point, it's almost like we know, we logically, we know what we need to do, but when you're in it, when you're in the thick of it, like you can't, you can't see out of the fog. You don't even realize you're in fog until, like you said, your friend kind of taps you and says, Hey, um, you might need to use your own resources. I do. I do the exact same thing. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Am I following my own boundaries that I've built that I know work? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and one point here that I want to make for folks, for those of us who are still in this virtual setting, that's this new workplace. um, It's even more important in the virtual setting to be deliberate about asking one another how they're doing, because we don't have the benefit of walking by their desk and seeing their body language, you know, seeing them slumped down in their chair or whatever it may be. We need to look out for one another and and doing that um, by just asking outright, how are you doing? And then pausing and actually waiting for them to respond, um, giving them that space to respond. That's what helps to kind of keep everybody, keep everybody in check. So, yeah, I love that advice because I think early in the pandemic, I feel like people were checking in on each other a little bit more and we are kind of all fatigued by it. In some places, they've kind of moved on and others are kind of in the thick of it. But as a leader within an organization, you know, do those intentional check-ins with team. And like you said, actually listen to the answer. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that's one of my regrets. One of the regrets that I have about this whole pandemic, the fact that we have stepped away from that phase of where every meeting started the first five minutes, five to 10 minutes was just everyone making sure everyone else was okay before diving into whatever spreadsheet needed to get done. Yeah, I feel like we really need to kind of bring some of that back because that's what's going to keep, you know, keep everybody healthy and well. I love that idea. Using early, early pandemic (laughs) Zoom etiquette. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't need to relive the pandemic again, but definitely we learned we learned some things during that time that I think are really valuable and that do need to be carried forward. Yeah, well, I love that. Are there any other things that we can do now for ourselves or our teams that you would suggest? Yeah, you know, I think, again, just normalizing the conversation. And, you know, I know that a lot of companies are trying to do, you know, something about it on an organizational level, whether it be, you know, giving mental health days or like a subscription for a meditation app or that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But honestly, a lot of this comes down to the one-on-one with your team, with your, with your partners, again, asking how they're doing and, and, you know, really meaning it. Um, I, I tell folks that how are you is the most important question that I ask any, you know, any patient that walks through my door, because in that just very simple question, I learn so much about their health and well-being, so much more than I'd ever be able to, you know, gather by, you know, asking any other more targeted health questions, for example. And, and so that's, you know, that's true for leaders too. Just how are you is such a powerful question. And I don't think, I think we almost throw it away in conversations, but it is, it is really something to lean into. 
Thank you so much for that advice. I love your idea of it is being taken care of technically at a lot of these organizations with that, you know, meditation app or with the, those mental health days. It's so funny because I've seen those come up recently with so many of my clients and what's happening is that they see the mental health day and they're realizing they're still not taking it right. They're working through it or something comes up or they're, they know that they have the app, but they're not quite, they used it once, but they haven't used it again. And so even though we have these things, it's really hard to build those new habits, but everything that a leader can do, you don't have to use an app to just have a really great intentional conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, again, as leaders, everybody's looking at you, you know, what you say and do is going to set the tone for what everyone else feels comfortable saying and doing. I'm sure your audience is familiar with the idea of psychological safety, the idea of being vulnerable in a group or being safe, feeling safe to be vulnerable in a group. It is so important to cultivate psychological safety, especially when it comes to, you know, dealing with mental health issues in the workplace. And again, you know, we can do this in little ways and it it's all about being intentional. So for example, talking with your team, setting a limit in terms of uh, like email times, okay, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. That's when we can shoot each other emails um, and expect responses. But after that, you know, if you need to send an email, fine, but don't expect the response until the following morning. You know, if you're, yeah, if you're somebody that's shooting emails at midnight and and don't, you know, don't convey the message of, hey, you don't actually need to answer this. The person who's on the other end of that email is going to think, oh God, like I, I gotta get back to them. They're 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 depending on me, they need me. So so yeah, leaving loudly is another is another trick or tip that one of my patients told me about. Are you are you familiar with this? No, um, I, I tell I me was, more. Yeah, no, leaving loudly, it's it's super simple. Um, I think it was a coach that that um came up with this, but it's just the idea of being very vocal about when you are taking off time from work at the end of the day. So say you have your 5 p.m. meeting and at the end of that meeting, you're telling everyone, okay, I'm gonna take my daughter to her dance lesson. I, I'm done. If you, you know, if you need me, just email me. I'll respond in the morning. Um, and if it's an emergency, call me, but, but I am done. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the team's way of knowing that you just put on your coat and you are headed out the door if we were back in that uh, in-person setting. So yeah, again, just being very uh, intentional and deliberate about conveying these messages to the folks around you. It gives them, it makes them feel safe to do the same. So yeah. And it gives them permission to do the same. Yes. Yes. I love that. And I love what leaving loudly could look like even in virtual. You could even just tell everyone (laughs) just just as simply, you can just ping everybody on whatever app you are using or whatever messenger you're on, because that could look very similar just in a virtual world. Yeah. And it's so easy to do, right? It's so easy to say, Hey, I'm logging off and, and I mean it, (laughs) I'm not, I'm not going to be checking on my phone, the emails that come through. So yeah, little, little things that we can do. Thank you so much for those tangible actions. Well, I have enjoyed our conversation so much, Shelly. How can others connect with you and learn more about you? Yeah, so ShellyBomick.com is going to be the best way to learn more and to get in touch. Uh, if you're interested in screenings, if you're in the New York area and would want to do 
you know, do screenings, that information is on the website. And if you're not in New York, but would be interested in coaching, that information is also there too. So yeah, definitely, definitely take a look at that. Wonderful. And can you tell me a little bit more about the workbook that you've created that we can download? Yes. Yes. So if you go to shellybomick.com uh, slash thank you, and I guess we can put this in the, in the show notes. Yep, <laughs> so people, yeah. 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 Um, there I've created a workbook that folks can use to go through the framework step-by-step. Step. Well, it includes journal prompts. So you can do those on your own as self-reflections, or you can do them with your team. Um, yeah, just, just a little, just a little guide to help you through the process. I love that. And what a great idea to use it with your team. Love that intentional um, self-reflection and to be able to create a space, um, like you said, for psychological safety and sharing. Well, Shelly, thank you so much for your time today and for sharing your experience. I know that by sharing your experience, you know, you're helping to normalize and to, to show others that it's not just them that feel that way, but so many people have felt this way. So just thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you so much for providing the, providing the space to, to talk about this. I want to thank you so much for listening to the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. If you are enjoying this content, please remember to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. By leaving a review, you're helping others find this content. We will be featuring five-star reviews on air in upcoming episodes. Editing and support for the podcast is done by S&E Podcast Management. To get more tips and tools to help you live a life guided by your values, go to thecatchgroup.com. Keep your boundaries and take care.